Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Drop Mick Wrestling Podcast. We are available in video on Patreon. The YouTube membership is done, it's gone, finito, dead. Wasn't doing well, people didn't realize we had it, and it was actually impacting the way the channel was actually running. So it's gone, it's dead, it's no longer there. So go to dropmicwrestling.com and all of the links are there, including the link for the Patreon and for our merchandise. And uh, there's a video coming, probably, it should be next week, I'd say, um, more than likely Thursday or Friday, on the Patreon, which is the Vince McMahon documentary, which is so much work, I cannot explain. But we are here with Monty. A lot of bad things. And he did so many bad things, I couldn't include it all. Genuinely. So I had to, like, change it from... Every bad, so the original idea was every bad thing Vince McMahon's ever done. Well, that then it the, would have been a longer video than the Bray Wyatt one. It, it, it probably would have been, but this was every bad thing that Vince McMahon has ever done was the initial thing. Turn my mic down. So that was the original idea. And then what that ended up turning into was I need to actually narrow this down a lot because what's happening is this video is not only going to be like a 50 page script, it's going to be about four hours. And I'm not joking. I'm not joking. So like, for example, the whole Jimmy Snuka, Nancy Argentino thing, I had to completely nix out of it among some other stuff just to focus on like the actual, like the sexual portion of it. So it can be like contained in one topic, if that makes sense. Um, but fucking hell, a lot of work, man. Like a lot of work, but yeah, he's as I said, he's done a lot of bad stuff. He's a bad man, a very bad man. So we're here with Monty, yo yo, and myself, Gaff, and uh, we're gonna take it super chill today, and we're gonna talk about the last week in wrestling, and just shooting the shit basically. So Elimination Chamber was yesterday morning for us, and yes, uh, yesterday we, at ten a.m. We both watched him work. Yes. Um, curiosity for you. Did you see all of the women's chamber? I didn't talk to yes, you about I this did. yet. Okay, I missed a lot of it because we had okay. it on in, in work because... Yeah, of course. Like, there were, like, customers and stuff, right? So, um, I didn't see much of it. Right. The only real thing I saw was a couple of Tiffany Stratton spots, which were class, by the way. Tiffany Stratton's very good. Very good. Very good. Um... Well, I'll actually touch on that in a second because you might find this interesting. Um, but I saw a couple of her spots and then I saw the whole finish with like Liv Morgan, Bianca and Becky. Um, I saw that finish, which I thought was actually a, a good finish because none of them really looked weak, which I thought was like a good way to do it. Um, what do you think? Um, It was odd. You in pain? No, I was just thinking. Okay. It was uh, It was an odd chamber. In what way? It felt like it went on for way too long. Yeah. And the men's felt the same. Yeah. It's... It felt like there was... Now, obviously, it wasn't, but it felt like there was 15 minutes between entrance. Yeah. The ending, while it did make the three people, or the three remaining members, look strong, they all look... It, it, was, it just felt really rushed. How, that's crazy. So it felt long, but rushed. 
the ending felt rushed. It felt yeah. like they went way too like long in the mid game, and they were like, right, shit, we we're running out of time. We gotta call this now. Yeah, I get you. Like my my issue with multi man and multi women matches, and it's not an issue, I suppose, because I like the matches, obviously. Gripe. Um, my gripe. There you go. My gripe with them is a lot of the time, especially in like cage matches, like blood and guts, for example, or if you're doing elimination chambers. It's basically let's bide our time until more until it's like ten minutes until from the it's end time game. for the spots. Yeah, yeah. And blood and guts was the same. Like things didn't really they they tried really hard last year with the elite to like but it, make they, things a lot happen. Of the time, it's really hard to make that kind of match flow. It is. It really is. Like um, I was I was shocked with the new Japan cage match because the act like something always happened. Now obviously those lads went completely all out. A lot of people disagree with you. I agree with you, but a lot of people think that it was um, it was too slow. But it wasn't slow of like it didn't feel well. It didn't feel slow as in people were like, oh well, we're just waiting to get to the next spot. Things were happening like that's what it yeah. Feels there was like. always there was always something going on. The the when I think of war games, for example, like that is the prime example of like a multi person match that like has the cage and everything that like completely is a gimmick and has absolute like doesn't bring anything to the table for me personally like when i'm when i know a war games match is happening i'm not expecting shit to to like i don't expect shit to hit the fan like do you know what i mean yeah um and that's sad in a way um but with WWE, what you really expect i suppose they're it's never gonna be absolutely insane no never well, I, I thought the men's Elimination Chamber on the flip side was quite good. I did see that. That was... I didn't like... that. There, like how, how do you get two separate run-ins in a match like that? Yeah, that is... Yeah. That really threw me for a loop. Yeah, I can like, see that. Edge of Styles getting in, I'm like, all right, fair enough. This happens, you know. We had one of these last year. Please tell me you saw all the comments about... AJ Styles taking a 13 hour flight to just beat the shit out of LA Knight with a chair. Yes, and being a generational hater. But all the other yeah. people saying, I'm surprised AJ made this flight thinking he was going to fall off the edge of the earth. Because uh, he's a flat, he a he's flat a earther, full on he? flat earther. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I found that quite funny. But generational hater. And um, I, I, I think as a whole, like I can see that the event was successful, I'm sure, for them. But man, uh, did you see the peacock hate? Uh for what? For the black screen thing. Uh so black. Explain this because and... I didn't. I didn't hear much about it. Okay, so during the New Catch Republic and Judgment Day match. Terrible name. A terrible name, but look, that's what they're calling themselves. Yep. During that match, the screen fades to black fully. Yeah. And I'm looking at it thinking, oh, stream's dead. Yeah. I thought the uh, same. Not thing. what happened. I saw this. Yep. I saw the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Mysterio got ejected from the match. Yeah. And as he's walking up the ramp, the entire front row are flipping him off. Okay. And right. Peacock decided, well, we can't show that. And it's a pay-per-view. Yep. So they decided they were going to cut the... the broadcast. Similar thing happened during the Grayson Water show. Yeah. Where they kept stopping the audio. I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't see the segment. Okay, so they stopped the audio repeatedly during the Grayson Waller show because the crowd are just incessantly chanting "fuck you, rock." Okay, gotcha. Like th th this is the thing that like 
this actually pisses me off beyond belief. It's a premium live event. I understand that you have like advertisers and broadcasters to make happy and everything, right? Like, if you are paying for this, why is it being censored? This isn't on free TV. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's like, no watershed. There's on no watershed page. on this. Like, that's that's the weird part. Like, maybe it's an Australia thing. I don't know. But fucking hell, that's so weird. Like, yeah, it felt very strange to have. Basically, to have like nothing happen. Yeah. And what did you think about Rhea and Nia Jax? Nia Jax should have never been anywhere near that match. I said it to you yesterday. Nia Jax, like, it speaks to the star power of Rhea Ripley because Nia Jax looks like she should be working in lows. Like, Rhea Ripley elevated Nia Jax to the level where they were able to main event, a, main event match. a stadium show in front of 42,000. I know Triple H said 54,000 or something like that. Yeah. Um, Michael Cole literally says 40 odd thousand. He says it on commentary. Um, so. Triple H obviously did the inflated think, figure as they usually I think do. it's the stadium is seats 40,000 and then they're going to add no, whatever on the so, ground. So the stadium can seat 70 odd thousand, right? Oh, so the, okay. Here, here's a lesson for the majority of people who don't really understand how attendances work and maybe only see Twitter stuff, right? So for every show, like all wrestling shows, whether it's Ring of Honor, TNA, WWE, AEW, New Japan, right? There is an 8 to 10% drop off point. What that means is Eight to ten percent of the tickets sold, people don't show up, basically, right? So for WWE, if they're selling, let's just say fifty thousand tickets, for example, only forty five thousand people are gonna go. Do you get me? Yes. So like that's that's why Michael Cole was probably like, Oh yeah, there's forty odd thousand or whatever. Well he he's given the actual number. 40, yeah. He says forty odd thousand. He doesn't say forty thousand, he says forty plus thousand or forty odd thousand or yeah. something like that, right? So yeah. basically, he gave the actual when they're figure. Making the announcement, they'll say how many tickets exactly sold. a plus people. That are, yeah, exactly. So and whatever you comp, yeah, whatever you comp, and also whoever works there. So like that's why they're given that figure, right? It makes WWE look better. It makes Australia look better. It makes everyone look better. WWE have been doing this forever, right? Um, but like Rhea Ripley elevated Nia Jax to in front of forty odd thousand people main event that show. Like, 40-odd thousand people. I know the stadium can seat nearly double that, right? 40-odd thousand people is still bigger than the majority of WrestleManias. That's a, yeah, that's majority, a lot of people. Majority. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Like, that is bigger than every single AEW show except for All In, which is obviously, like, its own thing now. But, like, that's bigger than every other AEW show they've ever had. So, like, you, you can't knock... Rhea Ripley, Nia Jax, Triple H, WWE, whoever, for the show not having sold out. Like, they did really well for what it was. Like, if All yeah. In sold 45, 50,000 out of, like, what was it, 80,000 or whatever? 81,000. Like, that, that would have been an amazing feat, and they sold more than that. So, by all means, show was a success. However, like Nia Jax being in a fucking main event in that position is a disgrace. Rhea does a rope walk hurricane rana within the first minute of the match. Yeah. And it is one of the worst. You messaged me. You messaged yeah. me and you just said Nia Jax. Yeah. That's all you said. That's all I had to say. Yeah, that's all you said. Just Nia was, Jax. That's it. It was terrible, man. Like they saw what she did in the Rumble. Yeah. 
and they were like, oh yeah, we can put this person, like this person can hold their own in a main event match. Yeah. And what are you doing? You're so close to your screen. Oh, I don't know. I'm like sitting forward. Usually Wait. I sit back like this. Yeah, you're usually way more chill than this. Yeah, I don't know. Did, did, did you see, right? The the runtime stats for the Elimination Chamber. Now, that was what two hours of wrestling and a five hour show. Uh kind of right. So like yeah, for everyone. I'm not shitting on WWE when I say this. I I saw these stats. I actually laughed because it was they did this for Clash at the Castle, right? Where like they just showed so much stuff about like Cardiff and the UK and Wales and blah blah blah, and basically was like it's a huge endorsement for the place. Yeah, the country right. itself. So here are the runtime stats. There was a total of one hour, 50 minutes, and 13 seconds of actual wrestling on the show. Yeah. The show ran for four hours and 30 minutes, including the kickoff. Now, I saw someone break this down. The hour 50 also includes the pre-show. So that's yeah, yeah, like... Yeah, the Kabuki Warriors wrestle on the pre-show. Yeah, so that also includes the pre-show, right? So they're saying, imagine sitting there in a crowd for that long for only five matches on a talk show. Everything else was video packages, Peacock ads, and Australian tourism endorsement. There were 55 minutes between the end of the Judgment Day and New Catch Republic match and the yep. opening bell of the Men's Elimination Chamber. So 55 minutes. Now, that's ex- like, that is like, I can't even explain how bad that is. Like, you'd be so bored. You actually would no, be so was, bored. Like, there was something happening in the meantime. Well, that was a Grace and Water effect, right? Yes. In between, yeah. But, like, that's and 22 you know minutes long actually, on a pay-per-view. It was quite an entertaining segment. Austin Theory took the best stomp I've ever seen in my life. Right. I am fully on board with stuff like this. It should not be on a pay-per-view. Oh, no, he should have had a match. Why did it not turn into a Cody match? They needed, like... I thought when I saw it get announced, I was like, okay, well, obviously they're going to make an excuse for Grayson Waller to wrestle Cody Rhodes because that's massive for Grayson Waller and you've only got five matches on this card anyway. Yeah. So that would have made a load of sense. And then there was no match. Cody challenges The Rock. Yeah. What did you think about that? I don't care. You know how I feel about The Rock. What this screams to me is that they still aren't sure of the exact direction they want to go. Yeah, they're they're like putting feelers out for They're trying to see what the fans match. want. They try yeah. like like in kayfabe, right? Which like it's kayfabe. So like is what it is. This makes no logical sense. Cody now wants to fight the rock despite Cody endorsing the rock to take his spot against Roman at WrestleMania. What? Yeah, Cody Rock, let's go. But like, it, it's so illogical. It's like, Cody, what do you possibly have against The Rock besides the fact that he slapped you? You brought him out. I think it, it the story they went was because he slapped him. I think. But well, no, no, that that's it. definitely what they did. That's a fucking like wrestling is is so easy to like tell a story in the sense of like slap someone. That's enough for a fight, right? Fair enough, fine, absolutely fine. However. What the fuck, man? Like, I have no problem with this happening, but Jesus Christ, you couldn't have, like, had a little bit of foresight to be, like, at least had the fucking rock there to confront him. Something massive, like. The rock was not gonna fly to... Man has a private jet, brother. Yeah, and he's not gonna use it to go to Australia. Fucking should, like. 
You do it for they a fucking it. TV, like a movie premiere. Yeah, they'll pay him more money. <laughs> Don't we pay him a lot of money? Nah, it's not, not enough. Clearly you not. The, you, you want the people's champion to go to Australia, pay more money. I, I hate it. Like, I'm on board with the the actual match. I think that Cody going through Rock to get to Roman is a cool story and all. I just think it kind of diminishes the actual main event of Cody Roman. Like, I feel like the match has to happen sooner than Mania, but it won't. Like, that's I think problem. Cody should be going through Roman to get to Rock. Jesus, what? Yeah, have, like, I'd love to see the whole family thing just get done away with. Yeah, so he beats Rock, then beats Roman. No, he beats Roman, and then he's like, or, or yeah, hang on. He beats Roman, and he's like, right, well, clearly you're caught in the shot, so now I'm taking you out. And then Solo and Jimmy go off and they do their solo thing. Well, maybe post Mania, and... sure, but like, yeah, yeah, but like, I want, I want that like family dynamic they have to go away. Yeah, the bloodline needs to stop at this point. It's okay if they're a faction forever; just get them off TV for a while, at the very least. It's just looking at how well Jey Uso has done since he's left. You, you can't argue. Like people, ah, he's been pushed. He's been pushed to the top, and he's taken it with both, both hands and ran. Like in fairness, yeah, to him. properly. He's like some of the finest merch I've ever seen. That yeet, that blurred yeet shirt is still an all-time favorite. I might need to buy it. You still want to buy it? I still want to buy it because it's genius. Like it was only one week, so there was one week where like there was a potential issue with a copyright with a former wrestler who used to own the word yeet. Yeah, and like it turned out that she didn't own the word yeet. So in the one week, at that literally the day of the show that they found out, fuck, there's a copyright issue with this. They blurred yeet in the video packages. So the fucking next week on Raw, he comes out with a blurred Yeet shirt. Brilliant. Brilliant. And you instantly wanted Brilliant. to Brilliant. Because it just looks like it's on purpose. It wasn't. Like, there was a copyright dispute. Brilliant. It's Utterly awful. brilliant. I, wa I want it now. Their marketing is so good. So good, dude. So good. But, oh, my God. Yeah. Jey J Uso is, is a superstar. Undeniably. Undeniably. I had read reports. So this is... Uh... Triple H seems to be feeding lies to the media a lot to like yeah. keep everyone thrown off. Well, yeah. So there were reports that Jay, up until the match happened, Jay Uso was meant to beat Gunther. I I saw this and I yeah, I didn't get it. I read it and I was like, no, sure, hang on. But it doesn't make sense, right? What? It's believable. It it it's believable, but it doesn't make sense. Why would he go through all this to lose it on a random episode of Raw with no build? Yep, but when I read it, I was like, they, they could do that. They, I, they, I believe Jey Uso can beat Gunther. They, they need to have... I don't know what match they're doing for Gunther and Mania. They're clearly doing the brother versus brother Uso thing because yes. they've kept them... They've somehow kept them apart for so long but actually kept it like... So no one forgot. Which I, th I think one, is they, really they impressive. Together. They put them together after the Gunther match. Yeah, really impressive, right? I didn't know that. So, yeah, uh, at the end match, of the match, Jay comes out super. Or Jimmy comes out super kicks Jay, and he he's screaming at him he's like, "You you think you're ever gonna win a title without me? You're nothing without me." I like that. It it, it was actually a really good segment. I'm really behind enjoyed, on wrestling this week, but I'm trying. Uh Gunther posted the video of what's his name, Pat McAfee, right? Jay Uso's doing his entrance, Pat McAfee's on the table, and he's doing this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gunther posts that, he turns around, looks at Pat McAfee, and it's just captioned, Stooge. <laughs> he's a stooge. He's a Jay Uso I, stooge. I just thought that was hilarious. 
love Gunther. He's great. Just stooge. Stooge. Like, when it comes to Mania, right? Gunther has to have a huge match. I don't know who it's against. Like, I think at this point, I think if Sheamus is re-signing, make it Sheamus. So he's, I think he's clear to come back like around now. Sheamus is good to compete currently, I believe. Yeah. So like, either pull the trigger on Sheamus, finish that story, or do it with Chad Gable. You're like, you just... How cool would it be if Sheamus debuts at Revolution, though? No, they, see, do you know why he can't? They competes and every other thing like it's that. Not even, it's not even. It's not. It's not even that because like he hasn't been on TV in months, right? It's okay. every time there's a main roster departure, it's WWE policy to announce it. So, like, like they'll announce Sheamus is leaving, just like they did with Edge. You know. I was gonna say, did they announce Edge? They announced Edge. They said Edge is I... leaving. So they had the whole SmackDown where they're saying goodbye. Yeah, that was his last match. But yeah. I wanted like. I'm trying to think of this like, uh, so whenever a player leaves an esport team, they'll yeah. get a thank you message on Twitter from their team. And I'm like, dude, did I see anything like? Because I've oh, seen one so other many, like, dude, so many. But I, but I was trying to think, did I see one for Edge? Yeah, yeah, so many. There was a lot, a lot. Like we watched the episode, but I was trying to think. No, there, no, there dude. was a lot. There was a lot, definitely. Um, but like when there's a main roster departure, I think the only, the only one. That was like a really big surprise recently, and he wasn't main roster. Was Roderick Strong? So Roderick Strong was being asked about for like ages, like where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And no one had an update. And then he just showed up in in AEW. And I remember at the time I was like, "What? Where did he come from? The fuck? Oh, he was signed." And what it turned out was all NXT talents is not in the policy to announce they've left. Do you so they could pay to have the policy changed. It's not even pay; they can just change the policy. But no, like, but I mean, if if AEW rock up and they're like, hey, we'll pay you loads and loads of money to not announce Sheamus is leaving. Oh, no, no way. That's Imagine. so cool, though. It would be cool, but like, it, it suits them to put out the narrative of we let them go. Which is why yeah. Yeah, Cody Rhodes said this before. Like, when, when you leave WWE, like, you're, and you're leaving the machine, everyone's like, what? Why? Like, everybody does everything they can to get to WWE. Why are you leaving? And yeah. Cody, before he he officially said, I am leaving, posted it on Twitter saying, I am leaving. And the reason why he did it was he was forcing WWE to allow him to leave instead of them framing the narrative of he was let go. Yeah, because so, it, was, it was his choice. It was he his choice. Known that but, I'm doing this. But WWE have a precedence to be like, yeah, they're being let go, or they want like they're not, we're not renewing their contract. That's how they yeah, phrase everything. We are so, parting ways with you. Yeah, whereas in reality, exactly. They, it was they the other don't way like, they don't like people leaving them. It looks bad for them, which is yeah. why they do it this way. So if Seamus showed up at Revolution, oh, Chef's kiss, put him in the BCC. Um, in the BCC with Cesaro, with Mox, with Danielson, yeah. with Utah, class. I was going to say, Class. I know him and Edge are, are quite close. You could do him and Edge against him, the him and Him and Claudio? They were a tag team. Literally, they're also, like, actually best friends. The bar. Constantly. Love them. But uh, Seamus actually started this again recently. I don't know if you saw. He keeps posting photos of him out drinking pints with Claudio. Yeah. And every time he does it, people are like, he's going he's going to AEW. Seamus is 46, right? Yeah, he... he he's getting He doesn't older. have much... 
It's left. not even that because he has way more to give than people give him credit for, right? No, I know that, but like he's probably not going to get signed on a five-year superstar deal. He probably will because it's AEW and they sign everyone on a five-year superstar deal. Sorry, with with WWE. Oh, with WWE, like, no, WWE no, definitely not. Go, yeah, like, no, 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 definitely for the next five years. Definitely not. He's a very good ambassador for the company, but definitely not. But like yeah, with, with not... AEW, the way that they look at him is. And the way that he might look at this himself, like obviously we can't speak for him, we don't fucking know him. But like, if you're if you're if you're if you're logical, right? Being in you will. That is, shut up. I. You know what? I'm a fucking liar. I've met him. Yeah, I, I have I met every, him. Everyone who has followed wrestling in Ireland has met Seamus. It's. I point. have met him, and I I have a story. So let me call you fat. Yeah. So. I, this was in 2005, 2006. Eddie Guerrero just passed away. I remember this vividly because I bought an Eddie Guerrero really oversized t-shirt there, right? Because I really liked Eddie Guerrero at the time. And um, I this was Irish Whip Wrestling in yep. the Callan Community Centre in Kilkenny. And mm-hmm. I was sitting down with my sister's ex-boyfriend. And uh, we were sitting there. And Seamus was on the outside exchanging with someone i don't really remember and he was like throwing the chops or whatever right and for whatever reason he does like this to me where like he he raises his hand like he's gonna hit me or something right he was a heel for it he was he was a heel yeah so i stood up and i said come on come on and i stood and like i stood and like i blocked him (laughs) and he just goes sit down you little fat so i'll knock the head off you or something like that and i was like what the fuck I'm, I'm I'm six. Yeah, but I bet you hated Seamus. <laughs> I wasn't six, I was like nine. But I was like, what the fuck, man? What did and I, I do to you? you? Like, you call, call me heat. a little fat, so. I bet you it got heat. What? Everyone laughed. At me. Exactly. There's no heat. Like a pop. It's a big pop. They laughed at me for, me for being a little fat, so. Hey, man, you, you shouldn't have been. I should never just stand up for myself. That's why. That's why exactly. I'm anxious now. Yeah, get bullied. Yeah. <laughs> as as Mark said, get stepped up and get stepped on. That's what just happened. Exactly, to man. Yeah, you, you you were you were taught early. Look, I want this man in the BCC. I think he'd be great for the next like he has four good years left in him where with the AEW schedule like no no no. I saw your face, when you right? Said, when you said with the schedule, I was like, yeah, fair yeah, enough. yeah. So with the AEW schedule, brilliant. Which is why Edge is full time, by the way, because like yeah. when Edge was in WWE, the problem is that he needs to do house shows and stuff. This yeah, is the problem, or like tour to insane places constantly. But in AEW, that's not the case. Like, so like you're if if you're in Sheamus' position and you're based in Nashville, you're looking at this as. I'm flying out one day a week. I'm staying overnight in one place. And then once a month, I'm staying overnight in two places. Yeah. That's a good gig. To then put on the matches you want to put on. Like Seamus watches a lot of, of Japanese stuff too. Like as far as I'm yeah, aware. I think I so. so. I, no, no, I think I, I think he said it before. Um, But like that makes all the sense in the world to me. And speaking of the BCC. Brian Danielson is next on their agenda. Now, yes. I didn't see this quote. You did. Yes. And I intentionally didn't look it up. So tell me. Uh, so basically on Twitter, I believe this morning, uh, Brian Danielson was asked about like these fairly insane matches he's having lately. 
because if you look at the people he's wrestled recently, it's a little bit ridiculous. Yep. And he basically said that he's been given full control of his last run. Love that. And he's going to make it legendary. Love that. So he, like, obviously the reason for him wrestling, like, Jun Akiyama and that is because they're Eddie Kingston's, like, superheroes. Yeah. And I presume Danielson just wants to wrestle these people anyway. Well, naturally, yeah. He's a so big what Japan better guy. time than to do it when you can, you're in a, like, you're, you're in a feud with this person who idolizes them. Man, there has to be one outcome here. What, do you know what I'm going to say? Go on. The one outcome has to be he finishes his career at All In against Nigel McGuinness. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. It, now, I'm telling you, it has to be. Like, it has to be. Like, the fact that he's over his own destiny here leads me down the path of it has to finish with Nigel. Like, like it, it basically started with Nigel. It didn't, but it basically did. That's what put him onto people's radar. Yeah. So, like, finishing with Nigel in England at Wembley is perfect. And it, it's not even like he has to worry about how it's going to go next week. Yeah. Because, like, if that's your last match, they can just kill each other. And so it, But this is the logic that people are having with Sting and Darby. So... When Sting is doing the, the table spots in that tag match with fucking Powerhouse Hobbs and... Not Powerhouse Hobbs, with Bill and um, Ricky Starks. Yes. And people are like, you don't have to do this. Like, you don't have to do this. Yeah, but I, I can. But this is the thing. People are saying, please don't do this. Uh, uh, when it's your last match, do it all you fucking want. you know why? Doesn't matter what happens. You, your bump yeah, card's you done. Like, your bump card's done. Who cares, right? As long as you don't fucking die, like, obviously. But, like, with um, with Danielson, I feel like he wrestles such a very strict style in the sense of... Not strict. Stiff. Sorry. A very stiff style in the sense of, like, he doesn't pull punches. Like, Yeah. Like, like, like he, he, he's a striker. Um... So like he, like I said to you, like, uh, could you imagine eighty thousand people seeing him and Nigel McGuinness throw shoot headbutts? At yeah. Each other? So like, this is what I'm saying. The problem there'll be, there'll be no blade in that match. They're kind of just kill each other. There is one issue with this. The one issue is that it's Danielson won't want to slow down coming up to All In. This this is my own issue. I, I've seen no one say this yet, right? Yeah. He won't want to slow down coming up to All In. He just won't mm -hmm. because he's gonna feel like. I need to wrestle all my heroes. I need to wrestle all these dream opponents before I'm done. And Tony's allowing me to do it. That's the way that he looks at this, right? Which is the yeah, correct so way to look everyone. at it. So when it comes to July, do you think this man is not going to wrestle for four weeks or fucking seven weeks? Uh, I reckon... He's going to wrestle every week. All In is in August. End of August. And they have three shows a week? Yeah. He'll do all three, like... June, July, yeah. In he, July, he'll do, he'll, he'll do, do, he'll like in July, he'll just, do the three shows. You know, he won't do Rampage. He'll do Dynamite and Collision because they're actually days apart. Like, 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 um, Rampage and Dynamite are on the same day. Oh, okay. But like, he'll he'll do Collision and Dynamite. I I think especially in July because at that point it's like okay, I need to build momentum for All In and. If they do go down the avenue, which I think they're going to go down, right? 
So I'm mm-hmm. I, I, on the record, I'm the first person to say this. He's going to face all the people that he faced going back years, all of his beginning feuds. He's going to face again. And it's going to end with Nigel. That would be cool. So he goes through all of his previous feuds. Even no, not not just in Ring of Honor, but AEW. in AEW too. Yeah. So like you can bring back Chris Jericho. He goes through Chris Jericho. If you really want to. Terrible feud, but if you really want to, you can. And et cetera, et cetera. Which I think would be quite cool if they did that. Him and Jericho. Terrible match. It won't even be a terrible match. No, because... it was. It would have happened. Oh yeah, but like it won't be the second time around because again, it's Brian Danielson. But... Terrible's wrong. But I have yeah. high standards when it's Danielson. Exactly. He's raised the bar so high to the point where like an average match looks bad. You know he I mean? is very good. He's very good. And speaking of the BCC, the match that this actually like I, I was confused. So it's the BCC versus FTR. Yes, at Revolution. Fight at Revolution? No. Okay. So the street fight was just a meme. So people were saying that because this turned into a little bit of a blood feud, which I, I'll give all the credit in the world to to the boys who were involved, right? AEW clearly t- thought of this quite late. It, for whatever reason, right? Maybe yeah. the whole cash thing, maybe they didn't realize how much time they had, whatever, right? I don't know. But like, the BCC and FTR are trying very, very hard to make this work and to make this seem like a blood feud despite there only being like two weeks to sell it, really. Two, three weeks to sell it. And um, I think that there is a, a, a trios match this Wednesday, right. which is FTR and Eddie Kingston versus the Blackpool Combat Club. And I think that match is going to be a, a bit mental to the point where they have to announce a stipulation for Revolution. Revolution. Now, if they were really smart, they'd just announce a street fight. Like, full on, yep, street fight, done. I saw someone say, can you imagine what Cash Wheeler will pull up? Yeah, he's going to pull out a gun, man, if if it's a street fight. Like, if they're they're smart, it's a street fight. If they want to just say, look, we're going to give the fans what they want, we're going to make it, give them violence, they all love tables, let's do all that shit, right? Yeah. Brilliant. And the boys can have a 25-minute match, 20-minute match, with tables, the whole shebang, no time limit, whatever, right? And someone's gonna win. And then And then and then Cash goes on trial. And then Cash goes on trial. So FTR probably lose, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, just in case he goes to prison. Just in case. But like FTR probably lose, right? Now if they're really smart and they're fucking eight D big brain chessing it. Dog collar. Dog collar would be amazing. Now, I think dog collar it completely writes FTR off TV if Blackpool Combat Club kill him. So you can actually have Dax off TV too for... Now, here's the thing with Cash, right? He's never been charged with anything before. He's never even fired it's... his weapon before, right? Like like a, a person or anything like that, like right? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure he's so fired like, a weapon. He's fired a weapon, but like, I mean, at someone. He's never done yes. any of that before. Like So like, there's no like precedence for this. So, In like, fairness to him, he's never shot a man. Yeah, yeah. Like, what I'm trying to say is, like, there's no precedence for what happened. Mm. Like, he, he's never threatened anyone with a weapon before, like, is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, yes. Not that he didn't shoot at anybody, because that's a very low bar to clear, I feel. I was going to uh, say, like, you, you are not asking for a whole lot off of this I'm man, re- are you? I'm really not. But, like, yeah, <laughs> he, he, he's never used a weapon against Wheeler. someone. 
He's never used a weapon against someone. Um, but <laughs> sorry, that was such a stupid way to describe it on my part. My brain's yeah. not working. I'm sorry. In fairness, um, he's never shot anyone. In fairness, he's never killed a person. Um, Neither have I, bud. Yeah. Shall I so, main event all in? If <laughs> revolution, if if they're really smart. I think he's going to get away with it in the sense of I think it's a slap on the wrist, right? Yes. To be honest, it may be a fine. And that's it. Worst case scenario, he has an ankle tag on, right? Now, I think if he wrestles in the ankle tag, awesome. That sounds class, right? That would be hilarious. It'd be hilarious, but the fans would actually love it, to be fair. They would, they would yes. like. They would like. But um, I think he's going to get away with it. I think the smartest thing to do is write them both off TV for like three months. Bring them back then. Bring them back around the time Double or Nothing is coming around. Bring them back at Double or Nothing if you want. And you can bring them back in perfect nick for All In. Yeah. That's that. That's how I'd do it. Um, But the match needs a bit more than just to be a straight-up tag match for me at Revolution. Yeah, Which that's it, what it is currently. You can't have... Like, FTR have, have been in the best dog collar match in history. Yeah. They've had the best blood feud, the best tag blood feud probably in history. Yeah. Oh, you've, man. You've had, and then you have BCC, who are, yeah. their whole thing is unscripted violence. Well, Moxley's whole thing is unscripted violence, but like, this can't be a regular tag match. There's oh, too much can't. behind us. Guys, if you're looking for something to watch, and you've just heard Mike say that, go to our channel. Want to dropmic.com, click the little YouTube link. Go to the channel and look at the FTR Briscoe's video. It is genuinely, not because it's our video, the matches are out of this world good. They're way too good to be Ring of Honor like tag matches. Like, I know that sounds bad, but what I mean is like, if this was in New Japan, they'd be considered the absolute best ever to happen. Like. If, if those three matches happened in WWE during the Attitude Era, they would be remembered more Forever. fondly than TLC 2. Yeah, like they are so ridiculously good. Like outrageously good. But um, I just mentioned Japan. Yes. Do you see what happened in Japan? Everything went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Everything went so wrong so quickly. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, so I'm going to give you my version of it, right? Okay. I don't think they trust David Finley. No, I disagree. I think it's strange to take the belt off Finley. I think his contract's running out. Ah, okay. That I hadn't thought of that. I um, have no basis for it beyond the fact of this makes no sense. It makes who no... Who is Dolph Ziggler signed with? So, uh, it's, it's hard to... It, see, do, do you know how New Japan work with their with their contracts and stuff? Do you, do you have nope, a vague a idea? Eat your cookie. No, no, it's fine. Eat your cookie. Or go on, explain the contracts. Okay, so the way that New Japan work with their contracts, right, is a lot of the talent are on proper deals where, like, it's, like, maybe, like, um like a year-long deal or a two-year-long deal. The Unbooks explain this in their book. But it's something like 80% of the New Japan talent are actually on per-night deals or per-tour per deals. So if you're looking at Dolph Ziggler, he might think, okay, I'm going to do maybe a two-month stint in New Japan. He's only contracted for those two months, for example, or maybe those two shows, those two pay-per-view shows like um, New Beginning and Sapporo, for example, and maybe he's going to be working. Um, I don't know what event is next month, but something next month. Okay, right? so it's almost similar to what Elja is doing. At the for... it, that's exactly what Noah. it's like. Yeah, it's exactly okay. what it's like with Noah, right? 
So like it's a, it's like a per tour per show basis, right? So I don't know what one Nick Nemeth falls into. Not not no no clue. If I had to guess, my guess is it's a per tour deal. That's my I, guess. I thought I saw him sign with TNA. So th- th- this is the weird thing. He showed up at TNA. He ripped off his shirt. He wrestled a couple matches for TNA, and he hasn't been there in a while. And they haven't said that they officially signed him. They never posted they officially signed him. Yeah, he he was never. I think all, they I, all impact. No, I'm about to. People who are listening, you're going to hear me type now because my web browser, um, does a little clicky thing when I'm typing just to make me feel good. But, um, like as far as I'm aware, they. They say Nick Nemeth makes a shocking debut at TNA. His in-ring debut addresses the world. Um, Nick, like, like they never actually say he signed. They never say Nick Nemeth has signed with TNA. Not once. Where's he going to end up, I wonder? If I had to guess, my guess is he's going to be a New Japan talent. I think he has a lot to offer for the next couple of years. I really do. He is amazing. Like He's amazing. Like... There's absolutely nothing stopping him. Like he, he's why he's early forties now. I think I'm googling this again. Apologies for I the sounds. So, yeah. Like I think he's like forty five or something like that, right? He is forty three. Like he, like he's in good shape. And like the way that I look at wrestlers now is they can go to fifty if they're in good shape, right? So I know Seamus has like back issues, but I think he'd be good to these fifty. Edge is is mm-hmm. good now, but I know Edge was off for ten years. Do you know what I mean? So it's different. Mm. Like, um. But like it, it, generally speaking, like I think Nick Nemeth has a lot to offer New Japan. I also think right now, currently, maybe a lot of people would disagree with this. Sorry, I think a lot of people disagree with this. They really need him. Like they really need him. Uh, they've just lost Osprey and Okada. They, like, us, like <laughs> we'll talk about Okada in a while because on our agenda, there's. Do you see what like the the second last one on the agenda? We'll talk about that later as well, right? Like. Okay. It's a we- it's a really weird thing. You lost Osprey, you lost Okada. So the natural thing is let's bring in Dolph Ziggler, which free agent, whatever. Mustafa Ali, free agent, whatever. Cool signings, don't get me wrong, but that doesn't replace like they don't replace Okada and an Osprey. And on top of that, on top of that, they also lost Jay White, man. <laughs> so like they've lost Jay White. So they've lost Jay White. They've lost Okada. They've lost Osprey. It's their three biggest stars. They're the three biggest stars that they had. Yeah. In a year. So, I presume they thought, oh, well, we have David Finley to replace Jay White. Because they've gotten lucky with every Bullet Club member that's ever left. It's not lucky. Or with every Bullet Club. Le- yeah. It's, it's not, not luck. luck like, 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 you have to keep in mind, like, like, I read the Young Bucks book recently, right? And they talk about Kenny taking the spot, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, how it happened was Good Brothers go to Ghetto, Booker, and yes. say, twenty. this is 24 hours before they're leaving, by the way, and say, we're not renewing with New Japan, we're leaving. At the end of this tour, we're gone. This is 24 right. hours before they go. Mm-hmm. And they also say, by the way, AJ's leaving too. And Gato's face is like, what the fuck? Like, so the next day they got a goodbye, whatever, at the the New Year's Dash show, um, which is like yes. just a random fucking show where loads of random shit happens, right? 
So they got to say goodbye because they gave no notice, right? Mm-hmm. And then Kenny was told, okay, you're being pushed up. You're turning on AJ. That was it. He had no choice. Like, like, like it's yeah. just happening. So, like, Kenny was, like, he eventually would have got there, I'm sure. But he was never supposed to be made, like, leader of Bullet Club that fast. But it happened, right? So, like, I, you're saying they've gotten, they've, like, they've made their own luck, in a way, New Japan a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, so they've made the right choice every time. Yeah. A new Bullet Club leader has been needed. Yeah. And, like, it's very impressive that no one failed until this point. Now, I will say something. A lot of people have changed their minds. Since that in, uh, cage match. No, no, in, in, in the last couple of months. So even, like, the match in January against um Osprey and Moxley. Mox. Like, yeah. when they when he won that match, everyone was like, oh, what the fuck? But then when you broke it down, like, he was the smartest person in the match. Like, he was very logical with the way he won the match. And, I and... remember I was on the way back from Switzerland, and you text me saying, hey, we uh we might need to respect Dave Finley a little bit more. Yeah, because he, because, look, I don't like the guy in the sense of, I don't, I don't think he should be leader. Do I think he's very competent and a decent mid-car wrestler, if not higher mid-car? Yeah, I genuinely do. I genuinely do. But at the same time, I don't think that he is the lead. He, he should be the leader for an out, outlaw faction. This is kind of he's similar not. to Cody, right? And hear me out, right? Because <clears throat> Cody wants to be leader of Bullet Club and never was officially leader. This is what people don't really get, right? I know you mm-hmm. understand this, but he was never really officially leader. But Cody also never really fit. Because Bullet Club is a group of outlaws. That weren't treated right by the wrestling system. They, they're they're the bad guys for all intents and purposes. Dave Finley's dad is Fit Finley. Cody Rhodes' dad is Dusty Rhodes, who have both been obviously they're highly respected. Dusty was played was treated poorly, yeah. but but like highly respected, like legends in the business. Yeah. So there is no reason why. Fit Finley should be the leader, just like there was no reason why Cody Rhodes should have been the leader. Do you get me? Like they're not like the Dave Finley's not an outcast. If he wanted to be signed by WWE, he'd be signed by WWE because he's Fit Finley's son. Yeah, just like Brogan Finley, who is the nephew, I think, of Fit Finley, is signed. Okay. Recently, and he's only eighteen. It just it feels like you look at Dave Finley and you're like, right, this isn't like this guy is. He's not bad. Yeah. But he's not on the level of Omega. He's not on the level of Styles. I don't think he has to be. But I do think when I hear him speak, I don't really believe what he says. It seems rehearsed. It's not even like he doesn't need to be. It's the fact that everyone before him has been. Has been, yeah. Well, not everyone. There's been some bad in there too. but, But like the notable leaders. The notable leaders, sure. But like when you really, really break this down, right? Like... Bullet Club is a group of outlaws and they are forever going to be ingrained in wrestling now. In a hundred years' yes. time, when we're both You'll dead, they're People still going to be, be wearing Bullet Club shirts. Yeah. They're, they're still going to be talked about like, oh, this, what, this, they were the guys. For a long time, they were the guys. They changed the business, right? Um, they're, they're, you're, they're your modern day NWO. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. But like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like Dave Finley, in my opinion, isn't the guy. And then when you break down everybody who's in New Japan, 
they're also not the guys. And you need someone who's a bit of an outcast, um, not from a royal family, and is a foreigner. Because at the end of the day, I know they're like, like, like Bullet Club is a group of foreigners. That's what it yeah, is. They're... they're foreigner outlaws. That's it. So like Dave Finley does fit in half of that. He's a foreigner, but he's not an outlaw foreigner by any means, as much as he tries to force it. Which is why I think somebody like Gay Kid is so perfect to take that spot. Because really good wrestler, really good talker, really spontaneous. So like it's impossible to gauge where he's going with a promo. Um, I don't think his energy can be matched. I think he's a fantastic wrestler and he has a fantastic look. I think he can be the guy. 100%. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like with Japan, it was the fucking most bizarre show ever. Matt Riddle beat Tanahashi. Matt Riddle becomes TV champ after beating Tanahashi. Ziggler? Who just... Like, yeah, go on, sorry. Ziggler beats... Um... Nemeth, or Nemeth beats fucking Dave Finley, who we were Dave just been talking about. Which I still think is just bizarre. Like, I get it, but it's bizarre. I think it, it's actually a pretty genius idea for that title. It, it is, but then, like... I, if he goes and defends another promotion, sure. Like, he, sure. he'll defend that in AEW. How Nemeth? I, I, yeah. Unless that forbidden door. I feel like AEW could bring him in for a segment. No, it's not really needed. Like, it's like, not. But they like, have the, a the, good the, enough relationship that you can have that belt be defended in AEW. Who, you can who have do, that belt be defended in? Well, who do you possibly pair him with? That like he has enough history with. Oh, history! No one. You just do you get you me? Have like, someone who's like. I, I should be regarded as a champion and then out comes Nick Nemeth. Like, all right, prove it, prove it. Yeah, I, I do think there's a lot of potential in him in Japan. This kind of reminds me of, I saw um a couple of videos recently of Shelton Benjamin in New Japan. Shelton Benjamin is sick. No, no, we all know Shelton Benjamin's sick, right? But I didn't realize just how bloody good he was in Japan. He was like, he is so large compared to most Japanese wrestlers. Like, he is a big dude. He does not look at on WWE TV at all. But then you see him in a Japanese ring and the guy is fucking huge, man. He's massive. Like there's a, there's a lot of potential there. Um with with Nemeth. I keep trying to call him Ziggler with Nemeth. But um he is Ziggler. He 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 is Ziggler. He's Ziggler. Like it it's like this Adam Copeland thing. If I say Edge, you know who I'm talking about, right? He spent thirty years as Edge. It's not gonna change anytime soon, is it? No, not a hope. Come on out, you rapist! If you're not Caucasian, uh, then leave. I'll tell you this. I am no pervert. What's up, boss? How you doing? Yeah. What's good in the hood? Hold it down, try to take care of business. Keep it up, my nigga! Tell me, he didn't just say that. My testicles are the size of grapefruits. Whoa! Making love to a dead person, you know, a, a female dead person when you're a guy and, and you're in this thong type thing, it was like, come on. That is like high comedy if there ever is. I enjoy destroying.
destroy lives. Women! I think I'm gonna go to the nearest nudie bar and, and have a drink. Come on, Jerry, you're coming with me. That's not my fault that women find me incredibly attractive and irresistible. It's not my fault I happen to be a feral man. It's not my fault I happen to be charismatic. It's not my fault that I happen to be a self-made billionaire. It's not even my fault that my personal position claims that I'm well endowed. I will not, in any set of circumstances, be extorted. I cannot be intimidated. I can't be intimidated by the United States Congress. I can't be intimidated by the media. And I damn sure can't be intimidated by some woman who is obviously a lousy. By some woman who should have been on the pill. So, Monty, the match of the week. I think we both have the exact same match. Yes. Shoot. New Catch Republic versus Judgment Day. Very good match. Very good heat. The crowd were really into it. I thought Tyler Bate looked amazing. I thought Pete Dunne looked amazing. I thought Dolph Ziggler, not Dolph Ziggler, Finn Balor looked amazing. Um, Damian Priest, I felt like did his job really well, but like obviously didn't get like that much time to shine in the grand scheme of things because the fans were so into the comebacks that like... Also- Priest wow. is so big, like he is actually yeah, so large. Bisexual Undertaker, yeah. You kind of have to make it like a like belt around him. You kind of have to make Balor take the comebacks to make it believable. Yeah, I get you. Which makes sense. It makes like when sense. They, when NCR went to do the comebacks to uh, Damien Priest, it was a lot of like flips and evasion. Yeah. Whereas they could strong style Balor. Yeah, I get you. I get you. It it's kind of that like David versus Goliath thing, isn't it? Like yeah, like they are small guys, and he's a big guy. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Like so, that makes perfect sense. But I thought the match was really, really good. I feel like it was definitely the strongest on the card. Yeah. Oh yeah, fantastic match. It's one of the best um tag WWE matches in in some time. I feel. Yeah, it's in, it was, in it was... I feel personally anyway was bloody amazing bloody amazing but um uh batter broke his thumb it looked terrific did he actually break it he did yeah actually like dead ass yeah yeah if you uh watch his landing from from the coup de gras oh god damn i didn't realize he actually broke it he lands that way yeah and his thumb folds the wrong way so you you broke your hand how long were you in the cast for one month. One month. Okay, so he'd be good for Mania. He'd be fine. Yeah, he'd be grand. Like worst and case like, scenario, I, throw him in a cast. I broke every like finger. But you were a fucking idiot because you cracked like your entire hand. Yeah, yeah. So every every well, you're not even an idiot. You just landed wrong from a routine thing. I, in the I landed in the worst possible way. Yeah, but it was still a routine spot. Like oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. There's a drop toe, wasn't it? Dropped all, and I yeah. broke every bone in my left hand, or every like. He's left-handed too, folks. <laughs> yeah, uh, every every bone, or every like long bone in the palm of your hand. They're called your metatarsals, yeah. carpals, or tarsals. Ones in your foot. It's the one in your hand. I broke all of those. Yeah, nice. Not good. Impressive though. Impressive. Do you want to know what else is impressive? Okada's coat that changes colors from UV light. 
Okada's coat to change his colors is cool. Yeah, it is cool. And speaking of Okada, he's gone for New Japan. So like, he's gonna he's gonna show up at Revolution, right? Like logically, like it has to, right? He should, yeah. Or he's at big business because it's the whole money thing. Big business that that could be. I actually hadn't even thought yeah, of that. Because like, if if you think about it, like it, it like Revolution, the card looks fucking good, right? And like. If you have like Osprey making his like full AEW debut on this card, right? Like yeah. I know he's already wrestled for the company multiple times, but he but wasn't first a talent all elite, when he's all elite. Exactly. Like the card looks so good that is it like completely necessary to like debut someone on the show? No. However, if there's the cope open, they do the, the Copeland uh, open. The Cop- I'm in. I'm in. Just. Just have, debut everyone. Yeah, you, that was your thing. Like, I think if if you have something called big business, an event called big business, built around money, and you don't bring out the rainmaker, <laughs> like it's a missed opportunity. Um, yeah, he's not like because it's Sting's last match as well at this show, and obviously you have the triple threat, and you have it's a big card, right? Is it necessary to debut Okada? It kind of waters it down in a way, right? Instead of making it an all-timer. The issue isn't even that it waters it down. It's that it makes it 16 hours long. There is that too. There is that too. But like with Okada, right? Just this is what I wanted to talk about earlier. The second last thing in our agenda was Drew McIntyre, right? Yes. And I thought by this point, it would have been a thing. Like there, there was going to be rumors that he's going to be leaving WWE, right? And... I didn't think he was going to show up in fucking in AEW like anytime soon. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I thought it, it would have been one of those things of, oh, who can they possibly like bring an ex? It has to be McIntyre, right? But yeah. now I'm thinking after Okada and Mercedes, that's it. Well, Drew is main eventing WrestleMania. Looks that way. So unless it's Sheamus next, this, this, I do not know who else they can possibly sign onto the AW roster after this that, like, in any way benefits it, unless it's, for example, Drew McIntyre, who, like, he's definitely re-signed already. Has to. Have. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're not giving... He beat, he beat Cody, and now he's after Penn and Orton. Like, what? Like, like, and now he's main event in WrestleMania night one, more than likely. So They're like, not giving him the main event of WrestleMania if he's not re-signed. signed. Exactly, like, so he had to re-sign, right? But, um... With Okada, Komatsu Okada and Mercedes, like they are the last two signings I can envision where it's like they're going to make a huge difference to business. Unless someone like Seth Rollins or Becky Lynch leaves, which their contracts are up this year and they haven't re signed, apparently. Like maybe they fucking have, we don't know. But like apparently they haven't re signed. Unless something like that happens, this is going to be the biggest thing this year, the next two weeks. Yeah, like it's 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 going to be massive for the company, um, and like Revolution is a week from today, just to put this into some perspective for for folks. It is yes. So like, the AEW are are firing in all cylinders so far this year, and it looks like going into March they're going to be firing in all cylinders as well. And um, the the only issue they'll run into now is if they keep signing. Yeah. So we so said this last week. Like, I'm, I'm actually posing a question for you. So they have all the momentum in the world and it looks like March is going to continue. 
Yeah. If they don't have signings in the pipeline, how long does it last? If they don't. If they do it, if they use their current signings correctly. That's not what I'm saying. Well, how long is the hype going to last? Yeah. So like what I'm saying is AW, one of the reasons why they're so successful as a company so far is they've been able to announce we've signed this person. And that's factual. They do it every yeah. couple of months, right? Mm-hmm. So they keep doing all elite, this person's all elite, whatever. And that does make a difference to people's perception of the company. But at what point is it like, okay, they've signed these fucking three massive free agents in the last couple of months, all start, all at the start of this year. Yep. And more than likely, they won't be able to sign anybody of the equivalent caliber for the rest of this year. I'd, for a couple of years, I would nearly say. Yeah. So when like, does the hype die? When does the pressure be put on for you have to deliver good shows? You get to, so what, March? You probably make it to full gear of people being like, maybe. November? Yeah. Not all in November? I, I think... You think people are going to get the year? Is, yeah, I think they'll get the year. And people will look at it within the year being like, well... They still like you know it happened recently enough. I think as long as with AEW, I think as long as they don't go down the avenue of the MJF universe thing they did last. Yes, time, which like if they manage to, it was really good for a while. There, it was really good for a while. But they have signed in the last year and a half. They have signed pretty much every big name yeah. possible with the absence of Cody Rhodes and CM Punk. Well, they had CM Punk. They had CM Punk and they had Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Those are the only two signings, I think, that haven't went to AEW. That's crazy, like. It is insane. But they have enough talent that you can book shows for the next three years and have them be amazing. They just need to you, be afraid for have... people not to lose, man. They just need to book things correctly. Like, you like, have storylines and superstars that will carry you for realistically 10 years. Dude, the Continental Classic is one of the best things that they've ever done because it, the fallout has been insane. Like, like Swerve has been pushed to the top. Daniel Garcia, like, won his last match and talked about it. He was like, I just need one win to catapult me. And now he's being catapulted. Like, the fallout from this has actually been, like, insane. So, like, it goes to show that if you have a competition where there's something on the line or a storyline where something's on the line that doesn't work out, it's okay if it doesn't work out as, as long as you're doing the next thing well. Yeah. Like, all pressure's on them. Because, as I said there, like, they have 10 years worth of star power. Literally. With Osprey's 30. Yeah, you, uh, Jay White's 31. Like, think about this. Jay White's 31, Okada's 36, right? Osprey is, is MJF 30? MJF is less than 30. He's 28. I believe. Like, think it, think, just think about this, man. And, and Hangman's 32, I think. Think about this, right? They have so much time. Seamus is 46. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like Seamus is 46. McIntyre and Cody Rhodes are both 38, I think. Uh, I think Cody's 41. No, he's, we, we checked this a few weeks ago, bro. Yeah, but I can never remember what it is. Cody is 38. Okay. Drew McIntyre, I believe, is also 38. He is, yeah. They're both 38. So, like, 
think about this. Like that they're, they're years like Okada is two years younger than Cody Rhodes and fucking Drew McIntyre. That's insane. He's been at the top of New Japan for ten years. Yeah, they have like they're in they such a good so spot. Much. Like they're in such a good spot. And like you can you can pick to say, right. Will Ospreay and Jay White are going to be my two top stars. Yeah. And you still have four people who are also top stars who can just sit there and feud with them. Yeah. This is like, this is WWE pulling that OVW class. Basically. Or even, but this is actually like, I know it's different now because we appreciate wrestling for what it is, where a lot of WWE fans appreciate WWE for what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's an awful lot of WWE fans who have seen. Just like I did, right? Just just to be totally blunt about it. I didn't watch AEW for a long time and it was because I didn't like how the product looked. It was it looked different to what I was used to. So like I didn't watch it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it wasn't even that I didn't like it. It was that I just it was different. It's it's not what you were used to watching. Exactly, right? So like there's a lot of people who've seen AEW clips, I'm sure, like even the little bit of the bubbler or whatever, right? And know, oh, it's Chris Jericho, and that says All Elite Wrestling there, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, they don't think about it beyond the fact of that's All Elite Wrestling, that's Chris Jericho. They yep. don't they don't say, I want to go watch the show, right? If they did, their opinions would actually be swayed more towards wrestling, I feel. Not everyone, but a lot of people. So for us, we can look at this through the prism of AEW in the spot of they have all this main event level talent. But that's only to people who are in our little niche circle, which is fine because I think that's that's how AEW have survived until now. They, can, like, go on. they have the opportunity to become number one. To a degree. With the, with the talent they have. With they if have, you if you're going purely on talent, yes. If you're going production and the size of the company, absolutely not. I think it could be looked at as this is the thing. Within 10 years, if they do things correctly, like there are the talent is there, you know, they have all the tools to do everything. If they had a couple of different writers in AW, which they're starting to do now, if they had a couple of different writers in AW, and look, you can have Tony Khan being like the mastermind, sure, absolutely fine. Let him book it whatever way he wants, it's his company. But as long as he's able to delegate things in whatever manner he wants, I think that there is potential here for them to be a competitor. Now, for to to knock WWE off its perch, is going it's to a, be it's a tall order. It's not even that it's a tall order, which it obviously is. It's like, it's almost impossible because they're they're so cemented in the space and they've turned the company into such a brand, which AEW don't want to do. So AEW wanted to, to to be the wrestling company. WWE are a merchandising company primarily, and do events and stuff, and also have wrestling and also have. Um, a TV show. Like they look at it as like this all-encompassing like network, like 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 television network almost of of different programs and different people and different personalities and stuff. And yeah. like people always give AEW a stick for being a t-shirt company, right? Do you know why? So, I, I've I've read that I've seen it. Obviously, it's hilarious when people say that because they have produced some of the worst wrestling shirts I have ever seen. I I know do you know how I know um I this put a lot of things into perspective for me, right? 
I want to get into merchandising for Dropmic. Like, I have a Dropmic mm-hmm. t-shirt right there, right? I want yep. to get into merchandising just in general because, like, I'm a graphic designer by trade. Like, like that was something that I did forever, right? So, like, I really enjoy doing it and, like, editing and stuff. But, like, going into, like, making your own clothes and stuff is, like, really gratifying and I love it. And it's something that I want to do long term. And one of the things about that is there is um different printers for different types of clothing that you want to do. So you can obviously do screen printing if you wanted to, but then there's also um DTF printing, which is essentially like printing onto like a piece of paper, which you then um print onto a t-shirt, right? But then there's also something called direct to garment. Yes. Direct to garment is you are basically um putting a t-shirt. I'm gonna completely butcher this just for the sake of people listening so they're able to visualize this. Imagining a t-shirt being really taut on an ironing board. And then there's a printer sitting over that t-shirt and you're printing directly onto the fabric. So so it's essentially a t-shirt printer, right? Like it prints directly onto the t-shirt. That's what Pro Wrestling Tees is. That's what AW is. That's why they put out so much fucking nonsense because it's piss for them to print it. There's no yeah, there's no prep. So there's no prep. There's no thought process. It's once it's designed, it can go on a t-shirt. That's it. End of story. So when you see all these shit designs and stuff, they're just pumping them out and pumping them out and pumping them out. Whatever sells, sells. Because do you know what, what they're actually doing? They're just making a high quality graphic. And if someone orders it, they're just taking that graphic, that PDF or SFG file, and they're just throwing it onto a t-shirt. And it's no effort at all because the printer is doing it. Even when we ordered from them, it's like all of the it's it's specifically states like all of these are made to order. Yeah, like literally so like, like that uh, that what you call a t shirt, the Britt Baker one where she's got the black eye. Yeah, yeah. Like no one would ever buy that. Do you remember and the one matter. that says um, "Melodramatic Family Something Something The Elite"? Yes, like that. Like that's bollocks. Who's wearing that? Like that was in the top sellers for last week. Who's wearing that? No one's wearing that. Even the uh, what's. The uh, Jack Perry's missus. Uh, Anna J. I like that one. It's not something you wear in public, though. No. Badass, bad uh, attitude. Yep. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like, or, or big black and jacked. Oh, dude, people do wear that. And that's, I think. I, I, I've seen more white dudes wear it than black. I've seen a lot of fat white dudes wear it. And I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. So, like, look, at the end of the day, like. WWE is like a merchandising company, an advertising company, a marketing company. They're really, really good in getting themselves like in the public eye. Now, obviously, recently it's negative. But like generally speaking, it's positive, right? And they obviously do wrestling events and like that's and they're incredibly good at marketing themselves. AEW is just a wrestling company. And like people say they're a t-shirt company because they pump out so many different t-shirts. But I feel like the people who are calling them a t-shirt company just are A, completely un- unoriginal. And B, do not understand how anything works. Because WWE puts out more merchandise than anyone else in the wrestling space by a fucking mile. It's not even close. So, that's my two cents. Anything to add? Not particularly. Okay, we're done so. So, thank you very much, Monty. Go to dropmate.com. There are links over there for absolutely everything, including the merchandise, which I have here. One second. Uh, Including the merchandise, which is here. So drop McDojo. It's backwards, but I'll fix it on in post. Um and there you go. It's a very nice t shirt. And we ship internationally. So dropmic.com. The Patreon's also over there. Dropmic.com. 
and our YouTube and everything else. There is going to be a Vincent Mann video this week on Patreon, and it won't be until the week after um, on YouTube. But that's everything from me. Thank you very much, Monty. Thank you. And talk to you later, guys. Goodbye.